Good tidings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Good Tidings radio broadcast here at WXAN Radio in Ava, Illinois. We are on your FM dial at 103.9, and if you want to find us on the internet, we are www.wxanradio.com. When the page pulls up, click on Listen Live, and you'll be with us. This morning we're recording and uh, looking forward to uh, what God has for us in His Word today. So open your Bibles and get them ready to Romans chapter number 12. I am your radio pastor. I am Dr. David Pinkerton. I'm accompanied today by my lovely wife, Dorinda, here in the uh, radio booth, and we are glad, glad to be here. Thank God for WXAN Radio and Brother Danny. Pray for these dear people here and support this ministry. It is doing an untold number of good for Jesus Christ here in eternity, and we realize that we'll see that one day. But support them prayerfully, financially, and tell others about WXAN Radio. Okay, we're glad to be here on the Good Tidings Radio broadcast. We got the Good Tidings uh, word, uh, title rather, from the Bible in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, where there was a proclamation about Jesus Christ being born, virgin born, and he was good tidings to all men. So we're glad to be here with you today. Now I want to make some quick announcements. Um, here we are on the eve of what going to be the 20 today's the 27th of August uh, on the 28th I want to invite you to be with us we will be preaching tomorrow morning at the J City uh, Free Will Baptist Church J City Church in Johnston City Illinois so come and be with us the service times are 9:30 and 10:30 but I want to let you know again I want to remind you they have a really blessed really nice ministry folks a food ministry on Saturday nights at 5.30 p.m., and it runs only for a half hour to 6 p.m. You can go to the J City Church in Johnston City, go to their drive-up, and they will give you freshly prepared, nutritious meals. These meals are created and served by state-certified cooks, and it's really, really outstanding. So, Spread the good word about J City Church doing a wonderful work for Jesus in Johnston City. And I'm glad, and so was Dorinda, to be part of, of them and to be preaching for them and in trying to encourage them in the Lord and worshiping together every Sunday. So open your Bibles today to Romans chapter number 12. And I want to speak with you out of God's word today about a subject that's very important to every believer in Christ, but also very important for knowing exactly what God has planned for you in life. Today, I, I've pastored for some 20 years, and I think one of the most common questions that Christians have is, what is God's will for my life? Many Christians struggle with that, understandably so, but God's Word has given us teachings and principles to help us find His will for our life and then get involved in completing that will, okay? So today, we're going to title the message, a very simple message, on how to know the will of God. How you can know the will of God for your life. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, 
which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now, folks, as far as I'm concerned, the successful Christian is the person that finds God's will for their life and does it. The late Dr. Bob Jones Sr. said, when he emphasized the importance of finding God's will for a Christian's life, that he would rather be where God wants him to be in any facet of life, in any position, and in any part of planet Earth. He would rather be there where in the center of God's will than he would be in the most uh, convenient, luxurious places that you could imagine on this Earth out of the will of God. So it's important that you know what God's will is for your life. When you trusted Jesus by faith to be your Savior, Acts 16.31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The word believe means to trust in, depend upon, or rely upon Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death, blood atonement, vicarious suffering, his burial in the tomb and resurrection as payment for your sin. Jesus paid your sin debt when he died, was crucified, shed his blood, was buried, and resurrected. And you receive him by, like receiving a gift that's offered to you, you take it, and you take it by faith. In other words, you put your trust in what Jesus has done for you on the cross to pay for your sin debt and cancel your sin penalty of death, eternal death, and God gives you eternal life in heaven. So believing on Christ means to trust Him as Savior. You are now a believer, a biblical believer in Jesus. So when you become a believer in Christ and you're born again, yeah, your your eternity is sealed and settled, but you have a life to live now. And God wants you to know that there's a will for your life. And He's going to provide you clarity and how you can know you're going to uh, find that will. So how are we going to find the will of God for our life? Realize that there is a very definite purpose and a will for your life. The first thing in trying to ascertain God's will is to realize that he has a very definite plan and a purpose for every believer. The Christian life is not like a piece of cotton blowing in the wind, being carried from one place to another with no definite purpose. But there is a course and a goal for every believer. Once we realize this, the Christian life becomes most exciting and it takes on a new meaning. No one ever gets down to serious business about seeking God's will until he or she is thoroughly convinced that that will exists. There can be no enthusiasm about seeking something, folks, unless you know that that is truly there, that it exists. Think about this. When you consider the personal interest that God shows in every one of us, it's astonishing. Listen to the Bible. Matthew 10 and verse 30 says that the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7 says that God knows our sorrows. Psalm 56 and verse 8 says that he records our tears. Psalm 139 and verse 2 says... Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. And Psalm 139 and verse 2 says, verse 2 rather through verse 6, says that all of our thoughts and ways are known unto the Lord. 
So if God shows this much interest in each one of us, then he must, we must believe that he has a very definite plan and a purpose for your life and mine. Romans said what in our text? That ye may prove, notice the word prove, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, let's consider finding the will of God for your life. Figure this out. Number one, we must have the right attitude toward God's will. John chapter 7, verse 17. If any man will do his will, that's God's will, he shall know of the doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. No one ever discovers God's will out of curiosity. Rather, we must commit ourselves unreservedly to do God's will even before we know exactly what it is. Think about this. Someone asks you to do something, many times before you answer yes or no, you need to find out what it is, right? But we need to approach God in kind of in about the same manner. We, we don't need to be afraid that God's going to do anything harmful to us because He's a Father. He's not going to. But we need to know that there is a will for our life. Now, we need to basically just do this with our life. Once you're saved, then just commit your life to serving Christ and finding out God's will. It's like taking a blank piece of paper, signing your name at the bottom, and then saying, okay, Lord, fill it out. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be what you want me to be. I can only do that if I know what it is, so you must tell me. So the very moment that we get to that point, that attitude, then God's going to show us what he has planned for us. Do you have that attitude? that you'll do whatever God wants you to do, or are you holding back on him? If you want to know God's will for your life, then cultivate that attitude. I'll do what you want me to do. Go where you want me to go. Be what you want me to be. I just need you to show me, Lord. And if you don't show me, then it's your fault, not mine. God likes it when we prove him. In other words, test him. We're not tempting him. We're not challenging him, or we're not being irresponsible or... Um, irreverable to the Lord, we're saying, I'm so committed to this, Lord, that I'll do what you want me to do. Just show me. That's the right attitude toward finding God's will. Number two, how do we find God's will? There must be an absolute surrender of your life to God. Now, surrendering your life to God, in other words, making Jesus the Lord of your life and being saved are two different things. You would recognize you're a sinner. You come and believe on Jesus and trust him to be your Savior. That's salvation. That's being born again. But once you're born again, then you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The word Lord means master. In other words, you're going to let him control your life. You're not going to control it. You're going to let him control it. And there are much, There's much confusion in the world today, and Dorinda and I talk about this, in Christian circles. Preachers make they, what they preach, and this is a different message for a different time, but they preach something called lordship salvation. Well, that's, uh, that's confusion to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus has to be your Savior first. You have to trust him by faith to be your Savior. And then as you submit now your life to his complete control, because you don't have to do that. You can still go according to the dictates of your flesh. You won't like it but you can. But when you submit to his control of every aspect of your life, your being, that's a total surrender to God. Then you're making him the Lord of your life. So is he your savior? Number one, you don't need to, he doesn't need you to make him Lord for him to already be Lord. He's Lord of all. 
So God doesn't come down and need us to do anything. But if you want God's blessing in your life and discover God's will, then you must have a complete surrender to God. You're saved first, and now then surrender your life to God. And there is a difference between being born again and making Jesus the Lord of your life. So there must be an absolute surrender to God. Listen to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 again. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Paul, is, in this passage of Scripture, is saying, If you want to prove to yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, then present your body a living sacrifice. Give yourself over to Christ. Yield yourself to Him. Place yourself as an instrument in God's hands. To know God's will, folks, you must be available to God. And you are only valuable to God as you are available to God. Now get that. Being available means you're accessible. Having every area of your life open to God, willing to let the Holy Spirit run every aspect of your life. Now think about this. We must be willing for God to come into every room of our life and instruct us. The business person must be willing for God to run his or her business, or at least to lay down the principles by which that business is going to be constructed and ran. Being available to God not only means being accessible, but it also means being acceptable. Romans 12.1, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. We cannot tolerate any known sin in our life. In Psalm chapter 66 and verse 18, the Bible says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. This means if I tolerate known sin in my life, I cannot ask for God's guidance in my life until I get the cleansing of that sin. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I've got an idea that when some Christian believers confess sin, they think it's like they're telling on themselves to God. No, that's not true. God already knows it. So you might as well confess it and forsake it. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So confess every known sin in your life and present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. Now being available to God not only means being accessible and being acceptable, but it also means being adaptable that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If God has something He wants us to do, we must be willing to adapt and do it. Folks, it's true. When Dr. Curtis Hudson was asked, how do you resign the largest church in the state of Georgia back in the 1970s with 7,900 members? Some people were thinking, he's nuts. How do you resign such a big church like that that you built from 40 to 7,900 members? 
He said, I just knew that God had something else for me to do. And because I knew that, and I've already accepted that, and I want to make myself adaptable to God, I just said, Lord, it wasn't a difficult decision. Show me what you want me to do. And later on, he began, then he took over the leadership of the Sword of the Lord uh, Christian publication in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and did revivals and preached revival and soul winning across the United States until he went to be with the Lord. So when you decide that you're adaptable, you're acceptable, and you're whatever God wants you to be, then the decisions that come in life are much easier because you just want to be where God wants you to be. That's the attitude God wants us to have. So the Bible teaches us, if we are to prove to ourselves what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, then we must present our body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So one condition to an enlightened head is a surrendered heart. So, The third point, how do we find the will of God for our lives or for our church? When in doubt, play it safe. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans chapter 14 and verse 23. But in verse 5 of Romans 14, the Bible says, Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Now, if it seems that God is leading along some certain route in your life, and yet there's some doubt about it, Well, it's always safe to give God the benefit of the doubt. Think about that. It's wise to let God give you the full assurance about a matter before you do something. Okay? Think about this. I have found it's wise to have full assurance about a matter before moving forward. Now, folks, think about it this way. I'm the slave to Christ, and God is the master. We're the servant. Jesus is the Lord. It is not the slave's business to guess what the master wants. The slave is to obey what the master wants. It is the master's part to give clear orders to the slave. So finding God's will should not be like looking for a needle in a haystack. If God wants us to do a thing, he's able to make it very plain to us. Sometimes when we have doubts about a matter and the Bible does not make it clear on that certain matter with its teachings, then just say, hey, dear Lord, I'll, I want to do your will, but I'm not certain what it is. Make it clear to me. Make it clear to me, and I'll gladly do it. And guess what? God always comes through. So when in doubt, play it safe. The fourth way to find the will of God for your life is do you have peace about the matter? The Bible says in Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Colossians 3.15. So do you have peace about it? Think about that. If you think God is leading you in a certain direction in life, then he will give you peace about it. And you will be wise not to make any decision until you have peace about that decision. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now we realize that we are saved by faith and then we live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. So Amen. living by faith is reading the Scripture, following the Scripture, putting it into our life. And then when the Scripture doesn't give clear teaching on that particular subject matter we're trying to ascertain, 
then as we ask God prayerfully about it, he will direct us and he'll put peace in your heart about what he wants you to do, okay? So will there always be a little bit of trepidation or a little bit of maybe I want to say the word insecurity or, you know, uh, uncertainty? Maybe a little bit. There will always be some of that because it's an act of faith, right? So uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, yes, we can have peace about it in our heart, but don't feel bad, Christian friend, if you have a little bit of a, a little bit of uncertainty because you're stepping out by faith. Peter stepped out of the ship by faith. We please God by faith, which is just simply trust in him. Okay? So, number five, a good rule of thumb for finding God's will for your life is walk in the light that you already have. So, never is there a time in the Christian, never is there a time in the believer's life when we can see everything totally that God has planned. Because the Christian life is a life of faith, as we just said. However, God gives to every one of us sufficient light Amen. to take the next step. Amen. Psalm 119 and verse 105. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Have you ever seen a coal miner's? Here we are in southern Illinois. Uh, you ever seen a coal miner's lamp? A hat, a lamp that used to be on their hats when they would go underground. We're we're one of the uh, nation's regions, uh, king regions of coal. We are here in southern Illinois. That's one of our identifying uh, elements here as southern Illinoisans. But if you ever look at one of the lamps on a coal miner's uh, head, suppose a miner is down in the mine and the light shines 25 feet out in front of him. And suppose he says to himself, I'm not going to take another step until I can see all the way to the end of the tunnel. Then he would never take another step unless he walks in the light he already has. He will never receive more light. But as he walks in the light, he will find the light moving out in front of him. And the more he walks, the more the light will move. So as a believer, keep taking the next step and the next step, and God is going to give you more light in front of your steps. Amen. It's always good. When you walk in the light that you have, God will give you more light. Remember when Peter was in prison? And it was not until he walked right up to the iron gate that it became an open door for him. Acts 12.10. Not until he got right to it did God open the door. He didn't open it 20 feet in front. He opened it when Peter got right to it. So don't expect God to show you his will for next week until you know and do his will today. There are occasions when God lets us take a long look, and I'm thankful for that. I know Dorinda is too. But maybe some people can see further down the road than others. But every believer has enough light to take the next step. So, how do we find the will of God for our life? Number six, the sixth principle we want to share with you this morning. Let your desires help determine God's will. The, Christ, the Bible says in Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. Right. If our lives, as we 
talked about earlier in this message a while ago. Friend, if our lives are surrendered to Christ, He will give us right desires. Psalm 37 and verse 4. Delight thyself in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You know, We've had to make decisions concerning important matters, folks, when it seemed that we didn't all know what to do. Every one of us have been there if you've been saved for very long. And I knew what I wanted to do on certain occasions, but I wasn't sure that it was the right thing. Well, when I asked the Lord to make my desires and His will one, so when I had the desire to do a thing, I would not have to wrestle about knowing His will. And when I read Philippians 2.13 over and over, for it says, For it is God which worketh in you. There's your desire. Both to will, to want to have the will to do it, and then to do the ability to perform it. To do of His good pleasure. So God not only gives the desire, but the power to make the desire a realization. Amen. So there's a sense of fulfillment and happiness in doing what God wants us to do. Now, quickly, as we are moving along, and time is too, how are we going to know the will of God for our life? Jot this down. Number seven, the Holy Spirit is able to guide us. Romans 8 and verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, many things are made plain for us from the Scripture. So we need not ask God's will about them. God's will and God's word are always one, never contradicting each other. We know it is God's will to win souls, so we need not pray about nor wait for any special leading of the Holy Spirit. When Mark 16, 15 commands us, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in John 15 and verse 16, Jesus said, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you, that ye should go and bring forth fruit. For a Christian to refuse to win souls to Christ because he or she has no special leading of the Holy Spirit is to cover up for plain disobedience to a clear command of Scripture. So take the matter of salvation of sinners. The Bible makes it plain in 2 Peter verse 3 and 9 that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So we need not have a special leading to tithe in church. Leviticus 27.30 already tells us the tithe is the Lord's. We know that 10% of our income belongs to the Lord. We may need to ask Him where we should give it, but we should not pray about whether we should give it since it's already settled in His Word and we have clear teaching on it. So, Now, there are some matters that are not settled in the Bible. For instance, the Bible doesn't say which church you should join. It doesn't say thou shalt join the first church of whatever. So we have a right to pray and ask God to lead us to the church of his choosing. We ought to go to to church. The Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is. But the verse doesn't tell us in which church to assemble. So we have a right to pray about that matter. And if the Bible gives you clear instructions, we need not wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if the Bible doesn't give you clear instructions about something, then we need to realize the Spirit will lead us, okay? So it's okay to ask God, Lord, what do you want? So now, let me wrap this up with this. 
God's will, finding God's will, does not necessarily mean change in your life. You may already be doing God's will and doing what He wants you to do. Well, stay right with it. Amen. Amen. And success for the Christian is knowing God's will and doing it. Now, folks, this has been the Good Tidings radio broadcast. Listen, if you're not saved, bow your head right now in honesty and sincerity of your heart and ask Jesus Christ to save you. Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior and take me to heaven. Amen. If you've done that, you've been born again. As the Scripture says, notify us so we can get you some Christian literature. Email me at drdave13 at gmail.com. drdave13 at gmail.com. We'll get you that literature. On behalf of Dorinda and myself, God bless you. Thanks for sharing time today on the Good Tidings radio broadcast. You have a wonderful day. Keep looking up. God is in control. Prayer changes things, and Jesus is coming again. Jesus is Good Tidings. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. Emmanuel, God is with us, oh yes, for unto you is born this day, Savior Christ our Lord, so fear not, fear not, for I'm yes sir.